Oh, coming at you here from the ATX, it's the Box to Box Radio Podcast. Sitting here in studio, hanging out with Dirt Mazer and producer Chris on a Wednesday night, getting some good content recorded for you guys to start off your weekend. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you've checked out our podcast by now. If not, I have no idea how you're listening to this right now. Um, but <laughs> if you checked our podcast out, maybe you'll like our website. And I know every week I say, oh, yeah, we got bios and stuff. I actually have my bio on there now. I sent it to producer Chris. Uh, not yet. I'll, I'll do it as soon as we finish. As soon as you finish. Okay. <laughs> so when you hear this on Friday, it'll, it'll be magically be on the website. Maybe. But. That's boxtoboxradio.com. We'll have bios, videos, interviews, which if you haven't watched uh, Dirt Mazer conduct some interviews, it is an art form. It's amazing. She does a really, really good job. We got some more interviews that we're going to be uploading later this week and early next week as well. Um, it also has all of our streaming platforms. So if you've been listening on one platform and you want to see if we sound different on another one, uh, please do that because when we go back and look at our listeners, uh, Every month, we can see that you listen on multiple devices, which would be great. <laughs> we can kind of <laughs> pat our stats a little bit there. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks again. Uh, shout out also to Sincerely Yours uh, for providing such great music for us. He just released a single called Farewell Nostalgia, which freaking slaps. It's awesome. It's the picture of teenage angst that you remember from the mid-2000s. It's great. But Guys, uh, let's let's dive in here. Before we jump into uh, our Champions League packed show, because uh, we just got done witnessing match week one, uh, both Tuesday and Wednesday, so we got to see some heavy hitters play. Before we jump into the soccer, how are you guys feeling? Pretty good. So far for me, The tomorrow's Friday, so we're recording on Wednesday. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? What did you say earlier? <laughs> what is today? Today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. Oh my goodness! Like, we're, Wait. <laughs> we're, we're recording on a Wednesday, so tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, so mid Thursday? It's yeah. fine, guys." Well, it's because we usually post on. Yeah, Fridays. we normally we normally record on Thursdays too, as well. So tomorrow yeah. would be Friday, but yeah, Join. we're, do, we're yeah, sticking I'm thinking, in Wednesday. Oh my god, I'm thinking today's Thursday, god, Chris. It's apparently been a long Wednesday. Week. <laughs> we don't have any alcohol here today either. I know it's so water in our cups. We're all just strange? drinking water, unless Chris got hammered beforehand, which <laughs> no, he's hiding it really well. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not well now. enough. Yeah, not well enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All the days of the week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Thursday, <laughs> Sunday, and of course, Fourth uh, of July. I mean, that's that's my favorite week day of the month. But anyway, <laughs> Dirt, how you feeling? <laughs> Uh, better than PC over here, I, I guess. I don't necessarily know if that's true. Well, okay, fair <laughs> PC's on cloud nine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's totally fair. Now, it's been a great week. I'm actually getting back to playing soccer, so Woo! I've been super active with my college girls, which is nice, and we're 6-0 and on the season right now. That's right. Hoping to make it 7-0 and on Friday, so it's been a good week. Yeah, I know my, my buddy uh, Marcy, uh, Houston Tillotson alum, listens to this show, and his girlfriend, Kat Taylor, who works at the soccer corner, was on the Houston Tilton team that took that L to the Southwestern oh. Pirates on Wednesday. So Kat, or on Tuesday, Kat. excuse me, on Kat's, uh, sorry about you, I already roasted her. I put all my old coworkers in a group text and was like, LOL at Kat. <laughs> she is not happy, but it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good game. Glad to hear you're back out on the field. Yeah. We were talking before the show, uh, Dirt, 
Um, as you get older, it, it seems that your ability maybe technically gets better and your mind definitely gets better for the game. So <laughs> when you're an 18 year old running around the field, you can run for days and you got energy and speed and stamina and power, but a lot of times you can't see the field as well. So dirt was like telling us how she was saucing on a bunch of college kids. <laughs> Cause like she's Pirlo out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying my hardest, man. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Your soccer IQ is going through puberty at the age of 18. That's I a guess. weird analogy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and now you've blossomed. Aren't you also going through <laughs> You've blossomed. I said, aren't I you not. also? Well, okay, that's fair. That's, the, that's we're a getting, little late. I'm going to rate us in. Yeah, you should in. probably pull Guys, um, my job as the host is to make sure that we talk about soccer on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of tomfoolery, but there's too much tomfoolery going on right now. But I'm feeling great. I had a good week. Got to watch a lot of Champions League games because... For my new job, I get to to make my own schedule and work around a lot of stuff. So I got to watch some with some of my college guys. And then today, I got to take a little bit of a break from work and do some admin stuff while I was watching uh, PSG versus Real Madrid. So that was really, really fun. And at my house, for those of you guys that don't know, we have three TVs mounted on the wall. Three. I was over there. Picking up the microphone for oh, her. Yeah, you came over to the house. I he did. did. He came over to the house. I went inside, and I, I it's I, it's beautiful. It it is Mansville. Oh yeah, in there. I was like, what? There was like video it's games. The perfect. There was like video games on the bottom one. Yeah. There was like a, dude. It's a the TV show. Perfect what, what was setup. playing? The Office. The Office was playing. Yep. Up on the other one, and the other one was off. But uh, yeah, he was playing GameCube. It wasn't even the new console. It was the old school. So for like Champions League match days. They'll normally play like two games simultaneously or yeah, three exactly. or four. Like I can have every single game mm-hmm. up in the lair, bringing you guys the best content from the trap house, which <laughs> it does look like a trap house is awesome. It yeah, is it's, it's incredible. But yeah, before we jump into the soccer, also uh, we're testing out today. We got a, a video recording over there with producer Chris, as long as it keeps recording, it would be. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, so we're we might have some video to post on our YouTube channel this week, which again on YouTube and we're, we're Box to Box Radio, so you can find us pretty easy. And if it looks like it was recorded by a potato, it's an it was. I, it's an iPhone seven. It's a potato. <laughs> it's an iPhone seven it's potato. potato. Yeah. So yeah, I'm waving. Hi, man. <laughs> this means we had like stop like picking our noses behind the scenes. Yeah. And, like you know, like doing all that weird crap that we well, do. Well, my mom always told me I have a face for radio, so I'm excited to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be on camera now. But <laughs> anyway, guys, a lot of UEFA yeah. Champions League matches. Just so everyone knows, you gained 10 pounds. <sighs> I'm going to reel us in a lot today, guys. Table here. Yeah, this is this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, match day one of the Champions League, the moment we've all been waiting for. Um, ever since the rightful owners of the trophy lifted it last year and got that race to say Liverpool, this means more. There you go. But we started off our action on Tuesday with Inter Milan drawing Slavia Praha 1-1. Another draw, Leon drawing Zenit 1-1. And then we're going to stop at this one. Producer Chris, Chelsea falling 1-0 to Valencia at Stamford Bridge. So Ross Barkley, <laughs> the funniest thing that I've seen in a long time. So him and uh, William and Jorginho yep. are all standing in a huddle. 
And so Barkley, there's a penalty kick called. So Barkley grabs the ball and is like, oh, it's me. It's me. I got it. And then Williams kind of like, are you sure? He's like, mate, no problem. Got it. And Jasper Selesson has saved four out of the last 50 penalty kicks that he's faced. So this guy's terrible at penalty kicks. So you're like, Chelsea's going to score. They're going to pull one back. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then cue the Titanic music. Uh, <laughs> Ross Barkley skies it over the crossbar. And Jorginho, who had just dapped him up a second before and was like, you got this, just puts his head in his hands and walks away. And Barkley's like looking around for a bump in the turf or, you know, someone in the crowd to blame for yelling before he took the kick. But it was terrible. It ain't golf, man. It ain't golf. It ain't golf. Put it in the back of the net. Yeah. I was really upset with that. I- and here's the thing is that Lampard did the right thing by putting it on himself as opposed to putting it on the rest of the team and yeah. putting it on uh, Barkley. But, you know, at the end of the day, he missed it. It doesn't matter. It's Barkley's fault. Had it been anybody else, I, shoot, I would have even given it to Jorginho. I really would have. Huh. But uh, from what I understand, he's been putting it in the back of the net all week. He hasn't had any problems, you know, uh, and apparently it was Lampard's decision to put him on the spot. So, yeah, I mean, I still don't think it was the right idea to put Barkley on the on the spot, though. I, I really would have picked anybody else, anyone well, else. Well, that's my thing, too, is like y'all really don't have a guy. William. I guess maybe William. Yeah, yeah that, and he was on the field. good at penalties because, yeah. like, you come from a, the past, you know, six or seven season when – you know, your penalty kick taker is a lot because Eddie Hazard's mm-hmm. going to walk up there and put it in the back oh, every of the time. So I think they just got, like like Manchester United, they got some stuff to figure out from the penalty spot. Um, and Mason Mount got injured. Yeah, he got hurt. That was huge. I cried. I bet you did. I did cry a little bit because he's he's the, he's the new guy coming up, man, and, and I'm a big fan of him. Uh, you even called it uh, at the beginning of the season. You're darn right I did. You did. Do you want to repeat you that did. for everybody? Called it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> there we go. Suck on you that, did. Travis. Yeah, he, yeah, suck on that. <laughs> oh, well, he has to be here to. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, he got injured. Chelsea lose. And Valencia is not a strong team off the field. Uh, they have a lot of problems uh, in the locker room. They have a lot of problems within the organization. Yeah. They have a lot of problems going on. So for them to come away with this, away mm-hmm. at Stamford Bridge is a huge deal for them. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't I don't think that, uh, that Chelsea went into the game with the right tactics. Yeah, and it's going to be rough to see if they make it out of the group stage, too, because I think Oh, that's that, a huge one. Yeah, I think that there's a strong possibility this year that, you know, they get dropped into the Europa League, which, for me, if I were a Chelsea fan, I would like, because you get your young players playing in a competitive environment, but they're not playing against the top, top teams in Europe. So it'll let them get a couple more wins under their belt and will be good momentum for the Premier League campaign. So that, that if I'm a Chelsea fan, like th- that's my silver lining. Yeah, and then you have uh, Giroud, who was phenomenal in the Europa last year. So yeah, so I would I wouldn't be mad at it, but I mean I would be a little upset. Yeah, that's fair. The next one I really really want to want to give props here. So Red Bull Salzburg six two over Gank. So the big thing in this for me is. So about six or seven months ago, Jesse Marsh, former coach of the New York Red Bulls, goes over to Red Bull Leipzig as the assistant manager there and is learning. And everyone thought that that was a big deal. But pundits are like, well, is the assistant doesn't really matter. Then during his time as an assistant there, he gets hired as to be the manager of Red Bull Salzburg this season. Which, which is huge. Is massive. And everyone's like, it's well, a big deal. It's Red Bull Salzburg. Like, who cares? And so 
Now they're first place in the Austrian mm-hmm. league, which people are like, man, who cares, right? So now he's the first manager from America to coach in the Champions League, which is incredible. And now he's the first U.S. manager to win in the Champions League. And they won 6-2. And after the game, all of the fans in Salzburg were just chanting, USA, USA. And it was incredible. So props to Jesse Marsh. I think I've told this to you guys on the show before, definitely off record. But if there was one guy that I wanted to get the job over Greg Bellhalter eight months ago, it was Jesse Marsh. Because I felt like he was the top end coach. He was furthering his education by going over to Europe. And I wouldn't be surprised that if his resume keeps growing like this, if we don't see him in a top league or maybe managing the national team in the future. I would like to have him stay in the in Europe, uh, maybe go into the Premier League, maybe go into Spain. maybe Over go- him coaching in the national team? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just for a little <sighs> bit. Why? I disagree. Just before he, he comes to the World Cup. Okay. Just so you still want, want him to come. come. Yes. But just okay. before the 2026 World Cup. So, no. No. He needs more time. No. Three or four years before I think, that, yeah, right 20, after. 2022, if Greg, I think you give Bearhalter 2022, and if whatever happens in 2022, if, if it's a terrible performance or we don't make qualifying again, you cut him loose because that's four years yeah. in charge of a national team, and then you bring Jesse Marsh in. So I think if he's got four years to implement what he wants with that crop of players. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like he, I goes, get you. Like he does another year with Salzburg, goes to a top eight team in, uh-huh. in one of the top leagues, maybe a Roma, Fiorentina in Italy. That's a stretch, but yeah. something big. Yeah, where, I agree. Okay. And, and his style of play is so American, guys. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, like, the whole Red Bull style of play, they press like hell for 90 minutes. They're quick passing, quick little one-two combinations. They like to hit on the fast break. And I think with the talent we have right now and the talent we have coming up, he'd be a great guy to, to man the helm of this U.S. national team. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, moving on next, Napoli 2, Liverpool nil. The only thing in this one was there was a questionable penalty kick call. So Andy Robertson goes and uh, tackles the ball from Insigne, misses him. Insigne, looking for contact, kind of drags his foot a little bit and falls over. They go to VAR in the booth. Uh, Ref doesn't go check VAR. They award a penalty kick. Napoli go up 1-0. Liverpool press to get one late. Napoli come back, score a second. The question that you guys are going to ask me that I'm going to go ahead and ask myself, am I worried about Liverpool? No, I'm not. Let you see, last year they lost to Napoli away as well. They won the Champions League. They'll be fine. Okay, that's fair. Different angles show different things in that penalty. From behind, not a penalty. From the front where the referee was, penalty. No, not a penalty. Really? Well, uh, from, no, from the no referee's angle, position. No angle. And that's the thing with VAR. With that, VAR, they can see every angle up in the booth. all of them. It looked more like a penalty from the ref's position than from behind. But it still did not look like a penalty. No, it of course like not. like he was milking contact the whole of course, way. But it looked- he knew he wasn't going to get to the ball because he took too big of a touch mm-hmm. and he went yes. down. But from where the referee was, it did look like it. And that's why he didn't go check. Yeah, that's stupid. And it he is, probably it is in his ear, his, it. his line, his, uh, his uh, fourth official VAR assistant was probably like, hey, you know, not worth checking out. It's a penalty. Or like, hey, probably, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's a penalty. Or... Hey, it's up to you. Do you really want to run over here? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but whatever. So I digress. Ajax yeah. um, coming out, winning 3-0 in their home opener, coming off a strong Champions League campaign last season. And two new signings, Quincy Promise and Edson Alvarez with the goals. And if you haven't seen this Edson Alvarez goal, 
It's a banger. So y'all need to go look that up. Go on Twitter, the IX fan account, and you can find it. But guys, what do you think the ceiling is for IX? They're not going to get as far. You don't think so? I don't think so. Not okay. this year. But what's what's the but ceiling? What's the... Um, I would probably say max quarterfinals. Okay. Max. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say quarter, but oh, well, yeah, I'll say quarter. That's not, I don't think they're going to go further than that by any means. Yeah, that, I, that's the max. I, I agree too, because watching some of these teams play these last two days and seeing the talent this year, I mean, we'll get to it, but PSG looked like a real contender this year. So we'll, we'll talk more about that. But yeah, I agree. Quarterfinals. Um, moving on, Leipzig beating Benfica 2-1. Dortmund drawing 0-0 against FC Barcelona. Not really much to talk about in that game. I know it's Barca and Dortmund, and it should have been a big contest, but it it was a stalemate. Bruges 0-0 with Galatasaray. And then today's games, uh, Olympiacos 2-2 against Tottenham. And I watched the beginning of this one. Tottenham were lucky to get out of there with a draw because the first 45 minutes, Olympiacos was peppering them. And if it weren't for a couple unlucky bounces and uh, something, some magic from the post, Olympiacos would have been up a goal or two early in this one. Lokomotiv Moscow beating Leverkusen 2-1 at home. Bayern Munich beating Servena Zaveda 3-0 at home. Great game for that one. Uh, Ivan Perisic looked like a man on fire, so that was really, really good. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk falling 0-3 to Manchester City. And then Dinamo Zagreb 4-0 over Atalanta. So I skipped two games here on purpose because I want to dive in and analyze these games because these were the two big ones that everyone was was talking about when the, the matchups were drawn, and that is PSG versus Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid versus Juventus. So let's start with PSG-Real Madrid. 3-0 in this one. Two goals by Angel Di Maria, and then uh, right at the death, Thomas Mounier, who, if you watch the game, you know the commentator over and over and over and over and over again kept saying, oh yeah, Mounier, failed striker, turned right back, failed striker, turned right back. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, he used to be a striker. Yeah, and then he scored a goal because all he wanted to do was score a goal in this game. It's like he could hear what was going on in the booth, but complete and total domination by PSG in this game. Oh, absolutely. Like even even though they didn't attack often, when they did like bring the ball forward, they cut Real Madrid's defense like just in half. And oh. it wasn't it wasn't often, but it was just enough it, to they like they made it easy. Yeah. In a few passes. It wasn't it wasn't hard for them. It didn't look hard. Yeah, I agree. And the thing that I really, really liked about Thomas Tuchel's decision in this game, which, of course, no Neymar and no Mbappe, both right. due to suspension, and Cavani's out injured. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have your front, your big front three. So it was Di Maria, Icardi, and Sarabia up front. But what I really, really liked from him was his midfield selection. So he put Marquinhos in. He's a natural center back, playing him at holding mid. He played there a little bit last year out of necessity. But he stuck him in there alongside Marco Verratti and Adrisa Guy. Who they're both, they eat ground, they they play simply, they break the lines with their passing, their movements great, and so basically, he put those three guys in there to outwork the Real Madrid midfield of Casemiro, Tony Cruz, and James Rodriguez, and it that's where the game was won and lost. The game was won in that midfield. Uh, Real Madrid never got a footing. You could see every time they attacked, they had to go wide. Uh, instead of being able to waltz down the middle like a lot of those Madrid teams normally do. And then once they got into the final third, they didn't have any numbers because those those midfielders were pretty much snuffed out at halfway. So I thought it was a really, really good tactics there from Tuchel and PSG just, they were the better team on the day. For sure. But here's the the one thing. 
that I noticed, and there was no effort at all from Real Madrid. Not a single person out there on the field put in a good effort. I don't care if you're Militao and you're technically the rookie of the team. I don't care. None of them worked. It was the worst thing ever. I was I was actually kind of embarrassed for this team because you have Casemiro who he's not even running up and down the field. I, I forget how old he is, but he's almost 30 years old. And I mean, and then you have Varane and we had spoken about this earlier how he is almost crutched because he doesn't have Ramos. Yeah, so and that's terrible. Yeah, so Casemiro may look like he's 30, but he's 27. So well, there's Yeah, he no. he's not he's not out there running. Yeah, so I want to Talk a little bit about the Varane Sergio Ramos mm-hmm. partnership because I think that's a really good point. So if you watch, if you go back and watch the first clip, and Stuart Holden did a good job of breaking this down at halftime of this game. If you watch that first goal, you see Rafael Varane over towards the right hand side trying to put pressure on on the cross and trying to put pressure on Bernat. And then you have Militao, who is about 10 yards away from him. Which huge. If you're playing center back, you should only be that far apart if you are in possession because mm-hmm. then you're spreading the field out. So Di Maria notices it, makes a run in between the two center backs. He's free. So boom, there's one miscommunication right there. The second goal, Idrissa Ghana guy is running out of the midfield with the ball on his foot and he breaks the line of the midfielder. So Millie Tao is the closest man. He's got to step to him. He steps slow, doesn't put pressure on the ball, but because he steps out and it's so slow... Di Maria recognizes the space, comes in behind him. Guy releases the ball. Di Maria hits a dime and in the back of the net, 2-0. So Chris and I talked a lot of, about this before the podcast about how uh, Sergio Ramos is, he's a lot of things. He's tough as nails. He's quick. He's a good passer of the ball, but his best quality is he's an organizer. When you have him on the field, he organizes. He's a vocal presence, and he makes the defense set up the way he wants it to so there's not a lot of gaps. And you saw that today because Varane, he's not that kind of guy that's going to take charge and command the back line. And, you're, and the 21-year-old Militao, he could turn into that player, but as a 21-year-old in a brand-new team in a brand-new locker room, you don't have that veteran leadership yet. And so that's what I felt like there was a lack of on the field for Real Madrid was leadership. There was no leadership on the field. And, and here's the thing is that Varane has been there long enough to kind of grow into that role, but he hasn't done it yet. And that's kind of a problem. I mean, you're talking about a guy that uh, has been there multiple years and has learned from one of the best as from Sergio Ramos, and he hasn't learned how to be a leader. That is a huge problem going forward for Real Madrid. Well, think about where he's played as well. So with Madrid, he's always partnered either for Pepe, who's a vocal leader. Yes, he is. Or Sergio Ramos, who's a leader. And then for the national team, he's got Hugo Yori behind him, who's one of the best organizing goalkeepers Mm -hmm. in the world. And so he hasn't ever really had to perform that role before. That's kind of the whole point of being a center back. You have to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, even if you have those big like figureheads, though, it happens all the time. doesn't matter what level you yeah. play. When you have those big figureheads, there's no need because they're going to say it before you do, even if you think it. Oh, well, of course. Like, it's going to happen. So when you step into the role, you almost go back to like, but, oh, shoot, I have to say something now. But because, what like, happens when Ramos up. leaves? If Ramos leaves, that's what I'm saying. So that's my thing. That's, thing. That, that's my point. So that's my thing as well. If Ramos leaves, then a new guy is going to be identified to be that leader, but he's your captain. If you've got a guy on the team that's another big ego, another big personality, you're not going to jive well. And if both of your center backs are trying to be organizers, then no one's going to get organized because right. they're rarely, rarely going to organize on the same page. So he's always been 
the second center back. He's always been the guy that, and even with France, like Varane wasn't going to start for France in the World Cup until Koscielny went down. Why? Koscielny's an organizer. He keeps that back line in shape. He keeps that back line in check. And so they threw Varane in there because he's the next most talented player. But the reason that he didn't play over Koscielny was because of the organization. He's a much more skilled defender than Koscielny is, but he's not an organizer. And so luckily for France, they had enough leadership in that team. And Yoris is such a good organizer on his own that they could kind of hide that with yeah. Varane. And they were just, there's so much talent on the field, but if you're Real Madrid and you're matching up evenly talent-wise with PSG, they're going to exploit the lack of organization there. And, you know, it's not like they're holding midfielders and organizer either. Casemiro, same thing. He's not really a leader on the team. Even if Marcelo was playing, Marcelo's a leader on that team. Marcelo probably could have done a little bit of organizing, but there wasn't really any leadership on that back line. Speaking of leadership, Zidane, he didn't have it together this game. He couldn't lead them out there properly. And it was... I mean, you have players like Bale and Hymas, and pretty much they don't really want to be there, but they're just kind of playing. I disagree. Really? I you think that they want to be disagree. there? You want, Did you, you see Gareth Bale today? Yeah, he played. He was awesome. He was amazing, yeah. But at the same time, he was the only one out there playing. Okay, so if he's the only one out there trying when no one else is, doesn't that indicate to you that he wants to play? Well, yeah, everybody wants to play, just like everybody you know that you know. Everybody wants to be on the field, but the thing is, is that he was their best player today. He was, but that's not because he wants to be there. I disagree. I think that he plays because he loves the sport. He's already that's come why. out and said that he that he doesn't care. He said, "I'll play golf and get paid the same amount of money." I know, but what I'm saying is, is that he, he gets the, up for the Champions League. That's it. That's the thing, and it doesn't matter who he's playing for, like. He, he was one of the only guys on the field today for Real Madrid that I thought got a passing grade. I think he he did very, very well, and I, I'm, I'm going to give it to Kareem Benzema because Benzema had a couple good moments, right? Where the very end of the game, he got into the box, and it was a hard angle on the header, and he and almost he, snuck it in the back post, but and he, he wasn't really getting any service I was either. just about to say he wasn't getting any service. Just about to say that. Um, I mean, Hazard was, I don't know, he was a no-show. It was, it was weird. I mean, somebody that can hold the ball the way he does, mm -hmm. make beautiful passes, or even connect one-twos here and there, nothing. But you and I talked about this before the show. Like, Think about his role at Chelsea. When he was at oh, Chelsea, he different. was given a free role. Everything he, he is different. He basically got to do whatever he wanted because Giroud would defend for him. Um, you would have other guys that would put in shifts. Now he's at Real Madrid, and he's not the big name anymore. Right. No. Like, no you have Gareth Bale on the other side. You have Kareem Benzema up front with you. You have James Rodriguez behind mm -hmm. you pulling the strings. Like, you're not going to have guys that will defend for you because you know they can win you a game. Everybody on that field can win you a game. And so he's had to change his role, and I think it, it doesn't suit him. He's he's not a player that is gifted at tracking back and um, influence the game defensively and picking up the ball deep and then beating five players and going forward. Like He's best when he's got that free role, can stay high, and can cut in and combine and try and score some goals. And you look at his whole career – um, when he was playing in France, he had a free role. When he was playing at Chelsea, he had a free role. When he plays for Belgium, he's their focal point. He's the guy that they want to get in good positions. He's the guy that maybe can sacrifice a little bit of defensive work um, in order to to go out and play. In a Real Madrid, you don't have that luxury because Gareth Bale's that guy right now. Yeah. Gareth Bale can sacrifice. Kareem Benzema is that guy. He doesn't have to drop back, right? So I, I think... It's going to be an adjustment period, adjustment period for Eddie Hazard, 
And I, I don't know if it's going to pay off or if it's going to work for him, but we'll see. I think that Zidane will probably have a little bit of trouble if he can't get Hazard on the same page mm-hmm. by the by halfway through the season. Yep, that's fair. So yeah, uh, we beat this one to death, guys, but uh, I just want to ask one more question. Ceilings for both Real Madrid and PSG this season in the Champions League. I don't think Real Madrid makes it out of the round of 16. Not if they keep playing like this Real Madrid. Yeah, this Real Madrid won't make it out of 16. No, if they if something changes and by golly they get it and things are working well, then I think maybe semi, maybe if they really figure it out. I think that quarters. I think that if if he can get Hazard and Bale to be the number one guys or well number one and number two, right? I think if he can get them to create for Benzema, yes, I think it'll be quarterfinal, semifinal, maybe. But uh, I don't think that they ever make it. They, I don't even think that they get close to the final. Round of 16 for Round me. Of 16. I think yeah. they're yeah. done. No matter what happens, I don't think they're organized enough, talented enough. I don't think that they have enough willpower, enough bite to get themselves moving forward in Champions League. So it would have to be a they would drastic have to, change. They could also get a, a really weak draw. Yeah, that's fair. They could. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They could move so, forward, but yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm saying I'm going to stick with round of 16. However, for, for PSG... I'm thinking quarters or semi. They bottle it every single time. I think um, semis is the max. That That's the ceiling for them for me uh, because they always, always, always bottle it. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to have to d- disagree with you guys. PSG will be a finalist in the Champions League. Really? What, you think they won't Man, make the Man final. City? <laughs> no, hopefully Liverpool. <laughs> hopefully um, Liverpool? Yeah, so okay. I'm not going to commit to say they will win the Champions League, right. but with what I saw today... And that was without their three best players on the field. Incredible. Which, there's something to be said about style of play because they had three ball winners in the midfield and they played basically quick one-twos, fast-paced soccer today, which was great. But if you put Neymar into the equation, it's going to slow the game down. And they're going to want to play a little bit more possession. They're not going to hit on the fast break as much. They're not going to exploit space. So it'll be interesting to see because, as Chris and I talked about before the show, against lower level teams and teams you're going to dominate possession against. That's great. Have Neymar on the field, have him on the ball. It's going to be much better. But if you're playing Manchester city, Liverpool, especially Liverpool, you're going to have to match up in that midfield. You're going to have to win your duels. And I think that midfield three against Liverpool, I would be scared because Marquinhos is there. Fabinho. He matches up tit for tat with them. Verratti is your Wijnaldum, and Idrissa is your Henderson. So I think it, it matches up really, really well uh, with Liverpool. And I think today they pl- you saw they played a lot like Liverpool. Their fullbacks right. were way high up the field. Marquinhos was providing a little bit of a little cover for the back line. Thiago Silva was making a 40-yard pass look like it was nothing. This team looked really, really complete. Uh, Angel Di Maria was doing his best Mo Salah impression. It was great, and and I enjoyed watching them. I think you can insert Mbappe on that right wing for Sarabia, and they'll get better, but I'm interested to see how Neymar uh, comes into this team and see what he does. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't disrupt it. I mean, because that's usually key. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. But wouldn't it be nice to see two two teams that have never won the Champions League in the final, like Man City and PSG? No, I wouldn't watch. You wouldn't watch would, that? Well, of course you wouldn't would, watch well, that. Well, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's a Liverpool he's fan. I'd watch it just to talk about it on the podcast. That's right. it. That's yeah. the only reason well, I watch the game. Sorry. But you'd be like this the whole time? Yeah. yeah. I'd, 
just miserable. I wouldn't care. I'd be like, great. I I that'd be the only game. Oh, sorry. I rooted for PSG today because I hate Real Madrid. <laughs> like that'd be one of like two or three games where like I would root. So like if Lesser PSG evil. played like Man U and or Everton, go PSG. Mm-hmm. Right. See, I feel the same way because I'm still like I said on the other pod. I'm still salty about Hazard. I'm glad he is gone because it ushers us into a new era. Right. But at the same time, I'm still kind of salty about it just because yeah. he was our starlet, right? Yeah. So I'm hoping that he fails over there for that reason. Well, agree to disagree there, Chris. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's move on to uh, the last game we're going to talk about here. Atletico Madrid versus Juve. This one was wild. So Juventus go up in the 48th minute off of a Juan Cuadrado strike. And then Blaise Matuidi gets a second in the 65th. They were 2-0 up, right? 2-0 up, cruising, ready to go. But they blew a 2-0 lead. Uh, set pieces, set pieces, set pieces. Savic <laughs> in the 70th, coming in and scoring a goal. And then Hector Herrera, his first ever Champions League goal, the Mexican international in the 90th to salvage the draw at home for Atleti. Chris, you said you really, really enjoyed watching this game. Kind of give us a rundown of what stood out to you and what you liked. The counterattack was really impressive from uh, Juventus, but that was about it for me. Uh, Delict, he didn't look like the Ajax Delict, and I understand it. He's playing in a in a completely different team. He was pretty much raised from Ajax youth to Ajax seniorhood. So for me, I understand that. But at the same time, if you are getting paid this amount of money, you better perform. So, like I said, like the like the counter. Not a fan of the defense from uh, Juventus. You know, when it came to Atletico, they had a lot of fight. They had a lot of fight in them this time. Had it it been a previous Atletico, they probably would have lost. Yeah. And we talked about that again with the the PSG Real Madrid game. Chiellini going down with the torn ACL. He's our organizer. So, Delict again is a young center back. Dirt, what did you see from this one? So, we talk about it a lot in college, but... 2-0 2-0 is probably the most dangerous lead to ever have. Oh, for sure. Oh, huge. And so, like, this time, it's, it's proven. Atletico just went for it. They were like, yeah, okay, 2-0, so let's, let's do it. Nothing to lose. Set pieces. I think Juventus is going through an identity crisis. I agree with that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which sounds crazy, but Sari plays a totally different, like, possession style, like, bunker, like, let's, let's keep the ball at our feet, tight passes, yep. clean it up, like, let's do it. And that's not what they're previously used to. Which is funny because it almost looked as if the field was completely different from what he wanted. Right, yeah. Like, it looked as if they were just out there doing what they felt that they were supposed to do as opposed to listening to him. Right. It just looked that way. Yeah. And so I think Juventus went into, like, you know, they played Sarri's first half and possession style, and they they did all right, but they went back into counterattacking mode and scored Mm -hmm. goals. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they went back to sorry, and it's like, oh my gosh, how do we play? They, how do we play soccer? That's exactly goals. what happened. Yeah, and they forgot how to defend, and you can't do that on set pieces. It doesn't matter what level you're in. Mm-hmm. You just you can't forget on set pieces. They're dangerous. They're important. That's why you do your best as a player to capitalize on those. Yeah, and we talked about this at the beginning of the season with Juventus about how you know a point that I made, and I'll reiterate it. I don't think Mauricio Sarri is tactically flexible enough to be a manager mm-hmm. at the top level because. What works in the Serie A is not going to work in the Champions League and vice versa. You have to be able to play a different way sometimes to get results, which, again, look at PSG. That's not how they normally play. They went out there. Tuchel did his research on Real Madrid and was like, look, if we win the battle in the midfield, we're going to win the game. And they did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He hasn't had any sleep in the past three days. 
guarantee you he has it to go. <laughs> Just been studying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vitolo was amazing. Oh, Vitolo had Vitolo a great game. Vitolo broke through that midfield line like nothing. He had an amazing game when he came on. Which is interesting to me. I, I'd like to see him get a start, like have him and Lamar right? wide, and then maybe take Tomas Partey out of the 11 and move Koke into the middle. Because, of course, Morata is... I was going to say, what about Joe Felix? Is still injured. Yeah, have Felix okay, up top with, with Diego Costa. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I have a question for you guys. How did uh-huh. you feel about them two up top together? Joe Felix and Costa. So, I much prefer Morata and Costa together. Okay. Yeah. And the- I like Felix in the midfield. Because to me, it looked they looked like they didn't understand, like they weren't in sync with each other, and so like there was one moment at the very, very, very end of the game. It looked like so. One, Juve comes down one end, and R- Ronaldo's you know ten yards out away from goal, cuts on his right foot. And you're like, this is it. Right. Juventus is going to win the game. Hits it just wide. He wasn't far enough out to get any curve or dip on it, so he had to drive it. Hit it just wide, and then off the goal kick, O'Block plays the ball long. It goes to Saul. Saul cuts inside, and Costa makes a run to drive the center back away, and he's expecting Jao Felix to run in behind him. Right. So Saul plays the ball for Jao Felix, and Costa checks off of it to run in to get the return pass, and it never comes because the ball goes flying the other way. The ref blows the whistle. Costa immediately looks at Jao Felix and is like, hands in the air, shaking (laughs) like, like, what what the the hell hell are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. And so... That's why at the beginning of the season, we talked about this as well. I, I said that I would prefer Jao Felix to have a role in the midfield first mm-hmm. and get to be around strikers like Costa and Morata, guys that have proven. Yeah, feeding them all day. Yeah, they're proven goal scorers in La Liga. And so he can learn from them and then maybe take the mantle over in a couple of years when Diego Costa gets up there in age and retires and um, or maybe he's phased out to a bench role. and Maybe he can be a spot starter up front. But I think his creativity and his vision – are really, really well utilized in the midfield. And we and we saw that all throughout preseason when he was playing on that right wing. And him and Lamar on the wings is dangerous. But until Murata gets back healthy, they don't really have a better option on the bench right. to play up front. And so I'd, I'd much prefer to see Felix and Costa instead of them having to alter their system and formation because um, they, they've been a 4-4-2 team under Simeone ever since he's it's been it. there. Yep. And so if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, hey, that's true. Same question. Oh, the ceilings? Oh, ceilings? Hmm. I'm going to say quarterfinals for Atletico Madrid. Okay. Because I think, you know, when you get Morata back into this team, they'll be able to move Koke back into the middle. They'll get their best 11 on the field. I think they've been playing well in La Liga already. I think that they'll at least make the quarterfinals. For Juve, at worst... Round of 16, because this is difficult, because they have so much talent, it's hard to tell. At best, if they get clicking and they can figure out, they'll make the semifinal. Really? Yeah. Semis? Mm-hmm. If, if, if you look at the talent on this roster, if this talent, if, if halfway through Champions League campaign, Sarri's like, screw it, we're going to scrap my style of play, we're going to play and put you guys in positions where you're going to succeed, this team with the talent alone will make the semifinal. Yeah, and play okay. and play Rabio and Ramsey. Yeah, I think that they yeah. have a chance, but, yeah, okay, but what until are the he odds? does that, until he does that, no. I'll say, what are the odds of sorry actually exactly. saying yeah, that? And that's yeah. why yeah. if you had to ask me the realistic thing, it's going to be round of 16. Okay. If you had to ask me, yeah. hey, if everything clicks for this roster right now, they make the semis. Okay, that's totally fair. Yeah, I don't think Juve is going anywhere. I don't think Juventus is going out of the 16. But I think Atletico quarters 
That would be my let me, let me tell you the story of what's going to happen, all right? Okay. okay. So Real Madrid will get out, okay? And they will play Atletico in the quarters because Real Madrid gets a weak, weak draw. Atletico beats them, and then they lose in the semis. Atletico loses in the semis. Forget That's me. a bold prediction. You, you should write that one down. I think so. I think hey. we have it recorded. So yeah, we got it recorded. Actually. So if that comes I'm true, we're all going to buy you a beer, Chris. Okay, there yeah, you go. I'm down. There you go. A whole keg. A whole keg of beer. A whole keg for PC. There you go. That's great. I I really think that that's what will happen. I think that Real Madrid is going to get lucky, as always, and get a weak draw. Fortunate draws. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well. Yeah, but guys, we broke down the Champions League. We've been talking through it. It's been great. Uh, Before we get out of here, I got a quick announcement to make. So for all you loyal patrons of Box to Box Radio... We've been getting some feedback from some of our diehard listeners, from uh, some people that we really trust about the setup and the logistics of our show. So, of course, this is the Friday episode. This will be the last one this week. And the the format we've normally done has been a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 45-minute episodes or thereabout. But we've gotten some feedback, and, and we're listening to you guys loud and clear. It is hard to listen to three episodes during the week. It's hard to find time to carve out to listen to three. So instead, we want we don't want to sacrifice content we're going to bring you guys, but we're going to do a Monday episode and a Thursday episode now so that we can give you guys time to, to listen to the whole episode throughout the week, and they're each going to be an hour long. So uh, the away leg in its entirety will be going away. However, we're going to be implementing some away leg type questions into our regular scheduled uh, episodes. And also we're going to be having special segments for our subscribers, some special away legs, maybe some more Darth sessions. Maybe we're going to have some professional players come in and host away legs and answer or ask us questions. Amobia Kugo, if you listen to our podcast, I know you've been on it, but I want to have an away leg hosted by you, and I want to answer your questions because that would be freaking awesome. I, I would want to debate with Amobia Kugo. Chris, you need to tag him in this episode and let him know that I'm coming for him. <laughs> Which I already told him on Twitter, Good. so Let's he knows. Just, he knows. Yeah. I just want to I just yes. want to slide that in there and reiterate that because that'd be a great conversation. But yeah, so Monday, Thursdays, two episodes, hour long. You know, you can listen to it on your way to work, on your way back from work, whatever. When you're lo- lounging out by the pool, maybe if. Uh, you know, your buddy's watching your rival team playing. You don't want to listen to that nonsense. Put your headphones in. Listen to us. Anyway, but guys, thanks so much again for listening. Thanks to Sincerely Yours for all of the quality music that they've been providing for the show. Um, we hope you guys have a good Friday. We hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, and we'll see you again on Monday.